Hello, we would like to welcome you to Hopefield Conversations for Women, led by two of our pastor's wives here at Ingelow Baptist Church, Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. It is our prayer that you rest in the hope only Jesus offers through God's Word in our conversations today. Welcome back to Hopefield Conversations. I'm Jody, And I'm Carolyn. And we have a special guest in the house today. We have Debbie Rollins. You want to say hi? <laughs> hi, everybody. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to introduce more about uh, who our special guest is yeah. in the conversation that we're going to be having. Uh, before we get involved in that, though, we've got an event that Debbie Rollins is going to be the main speaker at here yeah. at Inglewood on the grounds here on May 1st. Carolyn, yeah. you've got the details, right? Yes, it's called Seeds for the Soul, and we are so excited about this women's event. It's going to be held at our outside pavilion, which is so pretty. I think this time of year out there is oh, yeah, really, nice. really nice. So it starts at 935 on May 1st, which is a Saturday. Um, bring a lawn chair so you have a place to sit or a blanket if you want sit on the field. Um, there's going to be muffins and coffee, and um, Dr. Debbie Rollins is going to speak, and music is going to be led by Abby Patterson, and we would love for you to come and invite your friends. It's open to all women, not just Inglewood women, so come and be involved. It's going to be a really special time. And how do they register? Yes, inglewoodbaptist.com slash women, and you'll find it right there on our page. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see Debbie's picture, which is so pretty, and you'll see Seats for the soul right there on the page. So the look on our face when you compliment her. <laughs> well, it's great. It's great. So, uh, yes, you can find more information there and to register. But bring friends. Um, it'll be a special time. Okay. That, I'm excited about it. I'm definitely going to be there. I've already registered. So yes. have you, Yeah. So I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do. And just the fact that we can fellowship after so much has been going on with COVID mm. and the distancing, but it's going to be nice to be outside and we won't really need to worry about that too much. Right. We're going to be out, out in the open in the air. Yeah. Um, but I'm all giddy inside. <laughs> Me and Carolyn have been talking. Yeah. We've been excited about uh, inviting you, uh, Dr. Debbie Rollins, to come on and just share with us some of your passions. Um, and uh, I can I can really introduce you, but I feel like through our conversation, it's going to do better justice about who you are and your background and so forth. So I'm going to delay that just a little bit. I'm going to open us in prayer first, and then we'll get started in the conversation. Father God, you are amazing. We thank you and praise you for this day. We we love what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. Uh, even even in the difficult times and the struggles, we love what you're doing because you do not waste anything and nothing is in vain when we seek after you and love you and we strive to walk the walk that you desire us to walk, Father God. And Lord, during this conversation, I know so much is going to be mentioned about you and about passions for you. So, Lord, I pray that as uh, Debbie shares, uh, that our listeners, Lord, that you would prompt their spirits to tune in, lean in just a little bit closer to see what you might have to say to them and how they can apply these things uh, in their lives, Lord, that would glorify you and strengthen their relationship with you and their walk with you. So, Lord, we just come to you and give it all to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
So, Debbie, um, first of all, I thought the best way for our listeners to really get to know you is to talk a little bit about your testimony. Um, but before we do that, I do want to mention um, that how long have you been here at Inglewood? This is actually my 16th year. 16th wow. year. Wow. Okay. That's, that's incredible. I love that. And right now you are the director of the... Weekday preschool. Yes. Yeah, weekday. I wanted to go ahead and put that out there for, just to give a, a connection there for those that might not uh, have connected that before. But I would love for you to share with us a little bit about your testimony. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to share about my testimony. Um, and before I share, I always like to point out that I think sometimes people like to hear uh, just a good old-fashioned glory kind of testimony, you know, about that girl that grew up in that Christian home and then turned away and kind of had a wild life and joined a biker gang and lived on the streets. And uh, then we also have this idea that a a good testimony uh, is where Jesus finds people in all the unlikely places, the back alleys. And and, um, also we include that part about how grandmothers have been praying for 30 years for that lost soul. And then I tell people, well, I don't have a story. Uh, like that. But I do have a story that's about sin, and I have a story about needing to be saved and needing a Savior, because Romans 23 says all of us have fallen short Mm -hmm. of the glory of God. So even if we don't have what we think is that fantastical uh, testimony um, by our standards, it is a fantastic story Mm -hmm. that God would send His Son to be our Savior Mm -hmm. uh, and to die for us. And so the truth of my testimony is actually that I grew up in church. Um, Every Sunday uh, we went to church, um, and every Sunday we went to Sunday school. Uh, I had shared with um, Jody earlier in a conversation that um, because I grew up not only with a mom and dad, but I actually had grandparents and great-grandparents that lived um, just blocks from us, so we were able to visit all of the time. And my grandparents and great-grandparents were Missionary Baptist, Free Will Baptist, <laughs> uh, Pentecostal Baptist, Primitive Baptist, oh <laughs> uh, and then we had one, uh, two grandparents that were Pentecostal Holiness. And so my sister and I, being the only grandchildren that lived in the South, had to do double duty, and we had to attend all of the services, <laughs> oh all of the dom- denominations. <laughs> and then my grandfathers were both what um, used to be called superintendents of the Sunday school. So, of course, their granddaughters were going to attend Sunday school and be the shining stars. So we um, knew a lot about the Bible. My Sunday school teachers were actually my public school teachers, and so they had standards, high academic kinds of standards. And so we learned the scriptures, and we had to stand and recite them before the full congregation. So I knew Bible Mm -hmm. and I knew church, but I didn't really know about Jesus uh, Mm -hmm. as a personal Savior. Um, It was, oh, many years ago. I don't even want to begin to count, but um, (laughs) I was actually a teenager and a new girl moved to town down the street from one of my grandmothers and her name was Debbie. Now, Debbie was not a common name, especially in our neighborhood and in our culture um, more than 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to meet another girl named Debbie, we became fast friends 
and we were thick thieves. Um, but there was something a little bit different about Debbie. She was very different in terms of how she dressed and how she carried herself. And she started talking with me uh, actually about Jesus and invited me to go to church with her. And my parents did let me visit. And long story short, I know now that she led me down what we commonly refer to as Romans Road. And she started talking about Jesus in such a personal and such an intimate way. And so not just Bible story Jesus and not just scripture memorization Jesus, but Jesus as a friend. Jesus is someone who would know you intimately. And Jesus is someone that you could have a conversation, much like the conversation she and I had uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, so that's actually how I, uh, I came to know the Lord and to accept him as my Savior. And that, as I said, has been about 50 years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a wonderful uh, thing. And again, that that he is ready to be Lord and Savior for anyone who would accept him. Hmm. So that was the time that it went from head knowledge about who J Jesus was and to heart knowledge to who he is now. Very oh, definitely, yeah. very definitely. Yeah. How remarkable that this young lady, I guess y'all were about the same age. We were the yeah. exact same age. Yeah, that, that she was just probably doing something out of the overflow of her own experience and just sharing and walking and talking. Um, but it's fascinating to me that uh, you were exposed to so many different denominations, and yet there was that missing element of a relationship with Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we can get caught up even today, I think, in uh, we uh, to doing that uh, robotic thing of, of you go to church because that's where you're supposed to go and that's what you're supposed to do. And you get all this knowledge, and it becomes the religion that you're a part of instead of a relationship that God calls us to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just curious, um, have you ever uh, gotten back in touch with Debbie or did y'all lose contact or stay in touch? We actually stayed close friends until it was time for us to go off to college. Wow. And uh, we kind of moved in separate directions. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father actually worked for East Carolina University. So I will tell people I'm a pirate. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, and I love East Carolina, but I remember clearly my dad saying uh, that you can go anywhere you like, but my checks go into East Carolina. Oh, my gosh. So I, I, I had to follow that check. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of parted always. I went east. She went west. And we stayed in touch for a little while, but we lost contact. Um, after several years, yeah. What what a divine appointment! And I just yeah. I just kind of wondered in my in my heart if <laughs> if she would if she ever knew the impact that she had on your life. Mm -hmm. So that's just amazing. I love how you shared that your testimony is special. It because I I too grew up in a Christian home, and sometimes you do feel like your testimony is not that grand, you know, trans like huge transformation in lifestyle, but it is because. The Lord saved you, and that is in itself is a miracle and is glorious. So everybody's testimony has that element of amazing miracle of being saved by the Lord, and I love I, that. I think you're right, and I think there are a lot of people who need to hear that message and know mm -hmm. that because when they don't have that fantastical story yeah. uh, to tell, you know, they may think, I don't need a Savior, but all mm. of us need Jesus yeah. as our Lord. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Absolutely, because yeah. we're all separated until we... Accept him and ask for forgiveness. Yes, we are. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's good. Well, um, 
through our conversation, I discovered that you have many passions. <laughs> and I want to highlight those in our conversation today. And, mm-hmm. and, and the biggest takeaway I got from getting to know your heart a little bit, Debbie, was uh, your passions for the world missions, beginning here, there, and everywhere. And uh, I thought it was fascinating hearing about one of the missions that you are a part of. It's uh, E3, Partners of the Global Church Planning um, yeah, planning ministry. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, E3 Partners, um, we are global church planners, and there's several E's actually because the focus is on evangelizing, but also then equipping and establishing uh, churches around the world. Mm-hmm. And I've been with E3 now for um, since 2000, 2014, I believe. Okay. So it's been quite a few years yeah. uh, there. I actually had the opportunity to go on my first mission trip back in 2007. And it was shortly after Inglewood had had a global impact celebration. And I remember sitting in the seat and I didn't really think that was something for me. And, and my friends also said, you're such an air conditioning kind of girl now. <laughs> you, you, you need to think about, think about this. Uh, but my first trip was actually uh, South Africa. And then shortly after that, I also traveled to Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman leading the team to Zimbabwe actually was with E3. And so that is how I came to be involved. And in E3, I've served in different capacities, but my role right now is prayer coordinator for Zimbabwe. Uh, each country uh, has a team and uh, that supports it. And one of the members on that team is a prayer coordinator to make sure that there are several individuals in the States and also in that country praying on a regular basis for the specific needs and also for the souls in that country. Now you do, uh, you kind of got it uh, where you do too, right? Because you do a women's focus and then do it all. The focus is the country. And so we've been praying four years for Zimbabwe. We've made a number of trips to Zimbabwe. And somewhere along the way, um, my heart really just went out for the women of Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because women are in many ways the same all around the world. And I remember being in Zimbabwe and I was asked to speak to a group of women there. And the women were very different when they were alone with me than they had been when they were with the men present. And so that's when I really learned that there are just so many similarities, um, again, across women across the world. Mm -hmm. And my heart just went out because, again, I knew names, I knew faces. These were not just praying for Zimbabwe, but praying specifically for Mm -hmm. some of our sisters in Christ, but also some that um, I knew and who were on the fence. You know, they had Mm -hmm. heard, again, the gospel Mm -hmm. we've shared many times, but they had not yet made that decision to accept Christ uh, in their lives. And so I asked some of the women on the prayer team if they would like to um, convene on a different night and just pray specifically for women in Zimbabwe and young girls in Zimbabwe. Wow. It really changes the way you pray when you know faces and know names, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You know just rather than praying in general, you're praying specifically for people, you know, their faces, you yes. know, you know, their names Love that. Yeah. Uh, that's an incredible responsibility. Mm-hmm. But I'm also mindful that uh, there was a particular time that you were praying about uh, going, maybe moving to Texas mm-hmm. to really come alongside in a different capacity or yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, because I, I said I served in several different capacities with um, E3, and we'd had many conversations, and over all of the prayer coordinators for these different countries, there are two prayer directors, or there used to be two prayer directors, Jim and Kay Johns. Uh, Jim just recently passed, I'm sorry mm. to say, um, yeah. some complications related to um, COVID. Mm-hmm. But Jim and Kay were over all of the prayer coordinators, and E3 was looking to expand because right now we're probably in about 70 different countries. So we're talking about a number of prayer coordinators and teams that are praying. And so they were looking to bring on another director of prayer. And of course, that being a passion of mine, I felt very strongly about it and had been praying. And uh, our previous senior pastor, Pastor Clore, and I had actually prayed about it. And um, whether or not I was going to make that move, uh, E3 is uh, based in Plano, Texas. And so I was planning to to make that move. And I had flown to Plano a couple of times uh, for several interviews and to meet different people in the E3 uh, office. And somewhere along the way, I ended up having a conversation with our pastor, Charles, who talked to me about prayer ministry at Inglewood. And so I literally had on the table E3 in Plano, Texas, Inglewood Baptist, and prayer and pastoral care right here in Rocky Mount. And just continuing Mm -hmm. to pray with the Lord and asking Holy Spirit uh, to give me wisdom, to give me uh, guidance, to give me insight and discernment. That's my prayer every day. Mm -hmm. And... Long story short, again, I ended up at Inglewood Baptist in prayer and pastoral care. Hmm. Yay, us. Love that. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> well, and, and another ripple effect of all this leads into another opportunity at Inglewood. Now, this opportunity probably really caught you off guard a little bit because you, you had already retired from the state employment to North Carolina. After more than 30 years, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I laugh because God's got a sense of humor, right? He definitely has a sense of humor, yes. And so a door opened up in what you are doing now. So I want to bridge into that a little bit. Well, um, I had been in public education for more than 30 years. I started my career as a teacher, taught school for 13 years, And then I went the route of administration, so literally from the classroom to assistant principal, principal, and eventually even superintendent of a small school district. I also spent several years working for the Department of Public Instruction, which is the oversight agency for all public and charter schools in the state of North Carolina. And so again, after more than 30 years of that, I'm thinking I'm done (laughs) and I'm going to retire. And Mm -hmm. I did retire and actually stayed home um, a few years and didn't do anything. Eventually, I went to work for East Carolina University. So I've actually been teaching for East Carolina now this is my seventh year. Wow. I didn't um, even realize that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I am the hardest working retired person, my sister <laughs> says. She's going to be retiring in December, and she promises she's going to show me how retirement she's is gonna supposed to look. She's going to show you what that looks like. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I... Um, I was teaching for East, I'm still teaching for East Carolina, and then I ended up 
with a conversation with Pastor Charles, Pastor Clora, and Pastor Chris about weekday <laughs> preschool. Up <laughs> the well, fu- the, the funny trifecta. thing is they actually hadn't teamed up. I just oh. felt it on my heart. Oh. Uh, so I had a conversation with Pastor Charles, and he and I prayed about it. Okay. And then I went to meet with Pastor Clore about something else. He did mention it briefly, and I said to him, well, I, I had a conversation with Pastor Charles, and we're praying about it. And he said, I'll say no more. I will leave it with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And then Pastor Chris comes along one day and just kind of leans in the door of my office and um, mentions it. And I said, well, I've had a conversation with (laughs) Pastor Charles and with Pastor Clore. And he's like, and I will say no more. And so after some time praying, uh, I did feel the Holy Spirit prompting, I believe, for me to... um, come to weekday preschool. And so I started in August and I've been there uh, since. Wow. And you've already made a tremendous impact. Yeah. I, I want I want to hear a little bit about your heart for children and what what gets you up in the morning being retired, yeah. air quotes here, <laughs> and, and to almost kind of like start over in in a career like I mean in, in, I mean yeah. you're these are little little people. Something I mean. <laughs> that I thought I had long laid yeah. to rest yeah. and, and, and what, put what to would, bed. What would make someone want to do this? I mean, what is it about children uh, in, in this venue that that gets you up and, and mm-hmm. stirs up that passion in you? You know, there's so many scriptures about children um, that tell us clearly um, that our Lord was passionate about children and that he loved them. And, you know, even the scripture that says he, when he said, suffer the little children to come to me. And I remember uh, even recently there was a sermon that Pastor Chris um, shared and, and he was talking about how um, the disciples, you know, were kind of trying to shield Jesus, you know, from the children. Mm-hmm. Because like many of us, they probably weren't thought to be the most significant uh, individuals to be claiming time of, of, of Jesus. You know, he's mm-hmm. busy and he's he's healing and he's raising the dead and he's performing all of these <laughs> miracles. And there's no time to be messing around with some children. You know, right. there's much yeah. more serious uh, work to be done. Um, but, you know, one of the translations says that even Jesus became indignant, you know, with the disciples that you're trying to send the children away. No, bring the children to me. And of course, there are mm-hmm. different teachings in the Bible where uh, he talks about how we need to be like children, you know, that innocence and, and, and that love and that wanting to come to him and to draw close to him. And so um, children are, are special uh, to our Lord. And I feel very passionate about children because they really are our future. They are our future mm. everything. They're That's our right. future teachers. They're our future attorneys. They're our future pastors. Mm-hmm. They're our future caregivers. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, we would be less than wise not to invest in the life of a child. doesn't matter whether it's your child that you gave birth to or not. You'd just be less than wise not to really pour your very best into them and especially to begin training them and teaching them at a very early age about Jesus, mm. about Jesus. You know, I, we laughed earlier when I talked about 
being raised in a church and and having to go and and of course at the time my sister and I were not exactly gung ho about having to go <laughs> every Sunday especially in certain of those denominations where church kind of was an all day oh, yeah. experience <laughs> I remember saying to one grandmother I don't know why you call it morning service even I know it's not morning because <laughs> we've been here all day long but at the same time I would not take anything for that early teaching that I had about the scriptures uh, and beginning to hear those those stories. And of course, now as an adult, the stories have taken on a different level and layer of meaning as I'm able to apply them to my life. And, and they give me wisdom and they give me guidance every day. So I think that's what we need to do with young children. Yes, mm-hmm. teach them the stories, um, but also at an early age, begin to teach them Again, Jesus can be your personal Lord and Savior. These stories have meaning for your life. They will give you um, wisdom and guidance and direction for all the decisions that you want to make as you grow up and become women and become men. Hmm. I love that. So important. It really is so important. And looking back over our lives and how the scripture, even at a young age, can take on it's such an important aspect in our lives then, but even more so when you're making big decisions and deciding how to spend your adulthood. So yes. it's it's so, yeah, so important. It's worthwhile. And everything, I know that you are um, offering them, sets them up for success in their walk with the Lord and to become missionaries even at this young age mm-hmm. because... I know um, the the witness from little babes sometimes are the ones that get to the hardened hearts that get softened because it's the little ones sharing the good news with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just a powerful thing, and I love that. Well, and I would also venture to say that not every parent who has a child in weekday preschool has a relationship uh, with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, again... What we share with the children, we don't know if that child will not one day lead um, a parent That's right. or a grandparent to a relationship with Christ. That's right. I love wow. that. Yeah. So that's what gets you up in the morning. That's, <laughs> that's what, what gets you up. I call that fun. Yes. <laughs> that's, so that's a lot of fun. So and it is. Um, <laughs> and, and your third passion, because we got to have three Ps here, your passion <laughs> for children, um, passion for, it's, the other one is your passion for prayer, uh, mm-hmm. which has been the common thread in this. And, and I want to um, continue on the conversation about uh, prayer um, with that you've been in, empowering the children even uh, about prayer. So how does what does that look like as mm-hmm. far as uh, sharing your prayer points, even with parents and mm-hmm. um, what you do with the scripture and teaching them? Well, let me say a couple of things around prayer. I do feel very passionate about prayer. Uh, I feel like, um, honestly, there's nothing else that we did as a church. Um, time spent in prayer uh, mm. would be time well spent. I, um, We, as a staff, of course, we pray. We, we start our day with prayer, and we pray specifically for each other. We pray for the opportunity we have to be in weekday preschool, and we also pray for our children, we pray for our parents. When I first transitioned to weekday preschool, I 
reached out to some women at Inglewood Baptist and asked them if they would specifically pray for weekday preschool. And so we have a team of about eight ladies who pray on a regular basis, and I will share from time to time specific needs. And so they're praying for weekday preschool. Of course, uh, the church as a whole is praying in Wednesday night prayer meeting for weekday preschool. And all of that is well and good, but I just think the most powerful prayers for a child will come from a parent. Mm. First and foremost, no one knows a child like a parent, especially a mom Mm. who has carried that child for nine months before delivering them. And so I just felt burdened uh, that part of my job was to lead parents in praying for their children and in praying very specifically. Sometimes you'll hear people saying things like, Lord, bless my child. You know, we laugh, but I tell people, if they're alive, they're already blessed. Can we just move past that to something more more specific? And um, so I have... um, done a number of things. We convened a group of parents to actually meet outside the weekday preschool doors uh, and to pray for children. But also in an e-newsletter that I send out on Sunday evenings, um, I felt led to start sharing prayer points with parents for how to pray specifically for your child through the week and how to pray scripture for your child. So there is a point for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we just do a weekend point. And I share with them uh, the prompt, but I also share with them the very specific scripture. Because I said, pray for your child now, yes, Mm -hmm. but also pray for that man or that woman that they will grow to be. Pray um, now that they will begin to develop integrity, that they will um, have a desire for a relationship with Christ, Mm -hmm. that they will make good decisions, that they will grow up and marry the right spouse, that they will be humble, that they will submit their lives to Christ at an early age and Mm -hmm. follow his leading. So again, I'm sharing those prompts and sharing scriptures and asking parents Pray very specifically, pray passionately, fervently, regularly for your child every day. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, it's so good. I need a copy of those emails. I, I think. know. I'm <laughs> just thinking, how can I get those, I those points? I love that. And so often we're tempted, I think, to um, push prayer to the side, almost make it not as important as other aspects of our faith. But my goodness, it's so foundational to, to everything. It really is. And you're just showing that to the parents and giving them tools. I love that, to give them practical tools that they can apply in their home. Well, I have one thing. Many years mm-hmm. ago, I read a story, um, Chuck Swindoll, and mm-hmm. most people know that and recognize that name, but he said that he imagined that we would get to heaven and there would be this room and it would be filled uh, to capacity with gifts. And if we walked up close, we would see that there would be gift tags on each of the boxes and he you'd see your name and I'd see my name and there would be all of these gifts that we never received because we never asked for them in prayer he said it's all of the unanswered prayers that God is just waiting to answer 
but you just have to ask. And so I, you know, I read that story and I determined there will not be one box in that room (laughs) with Debbie Rollins' name on it because I will have asked for everything um, that I'm supposed to receive. Yeah. I love that, that image right there. Now, I I don't think I asked you this specifically when we were talking, um, but I'm just, after just hearing it afresh, your um, passion for prayer, and I would dare say a sweet gifting of prayer. Mm-hmm. And I know that we're all called to prayer, but there's something um, uh, special and wonderful that I see and sense in your walk mm-hmm. for passion for prayer. Do you recall when um, that ignited within you to take a hold of of prayer and to live it out with the passion and that just kind of be your uh, your banner that you, you go mm-hmm. with? I hadn't thought about when it actually ignited because honestly, I'm not sure I really remember a time. And I and I can go all the way back, those almost 50 years I told you about, yeah. because that's something else that I remember about the other Debbie. Um, because I met her at that time and she started talking with me about Christ, she and I joined a club at school that was called the Bible Club. And I remember in that club, you know, we would meet and we would pray. Mm -hmm. And again, I listened to her and I watched her and she was, she was just very bold, particularly for a teenager, um, in her passions and, and, and praying aloud. And so I think even then I prayed what I didn't do as much was, I mean, I didn't have a comfort level with praying aloud Mm -hmm. and praying in front of others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I did go through that season of thinking maybe I don't have the right words. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know the right Christianese or... Uh, I'd pray and then maybe I won't remember the scripture, you know, exactly um, the way I was supposed to. And I didn't want someone um, to say, well, you don't have that scripture right. And so being so focused on, I think, what others would think or what others would say. So there was definitely some point in my life, and I can't put my finger on it exactly, though when I had grown to that point in my relationship with Christ, that it really was just about uh, me and him. You know, and mm-hmm. I didn't care what anybody else said. I don't care mm-hmm. if I don't have that scripture quoted exactly uh, correctly because that's what prayer is, is having that intimate conversation uh, with the Lord. That's right. Um, I will tell you that when I began working with E3, uh, Jim and Kay gave me a gift of a book uh, about the secret places. And I had broken my foot, so I had a lot of time to just kind of sit back and not do anything. And so I was reading that book. And one of the things it talked about was regularly having a private, personal prayer retreat with the Lord, going somewhere that you would not have access to any distractions, be it people, media, whatever. And I remember saying to the Lord, when this foot heals and I'm able to freely walk again and drive again, I'm going to do that. Mm. And it took a couple of years because there's a long story about not wanting to have surgery on that foot. Mm. So it took a couple of years, um, but I remember that promise and I kept that promise. And a friend told me about a little place, not very far from here, about 50 miles outside of Lewisburg, North Carolina. That's a retreat center and you can go on a private retreat. 
So I told my family I was going. They thought I'd lost my mind. (laughs) And I thought I had to when I got there because it was, you turn off of the highway and you drive a mile up into the woods. And I remember the caretaker met me to give me what he called the 50-cent tour, which was to tell me how to turn on the uh, hot water and all the things I needed to do. And he said, if you don't want to see a soul, you will not see a soul. There's nobody back here but you and Jesus. And um, it's beautiful. It's, you're in the middle of the woods. There's a little pond, and I did not see a soul for three days. Wow. I didn't. My cell phone wouldn't work. There's no television. There's no radio. There's nothing. He said, it's just you and Jesus and a whole lot of darkness at night. <laughs> and I made, I, I, I was good that first night, and then it got a little dicey. <laughs> um, but, but I was determined I was going to see this through. And, and that's actually a ritual I started doing. And I would go like every three months on a personal prayer oh, retreat mm. and spend that time uh, in the woods. And I remember I had gone several times because I had been in the different seasons. And, of course, the trees change. And so they have what they call the lush season when the trees were full of leaves. And I went in the stark season Mm -hmm. when it was the dead of winter. And so the trees were bare. And I was chatting with the caretaker on one of the trips. And he asked me, you know, if there was something particular that I was going to be praying about. And I said, you know, I just came to listen this time. And he said, now you have finally learned what prayer is really about. Uh-huh. It's not just about talking. It's also about listening mm-hmm. and asking the Lord to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And so that just, again, became a passion. And so I'm still committed to every about three months or I so. I am so intrigued and oh. enticed. Like when this is over, I'm going to get some information That's from you. <laughs> It's such valuable oh. advice because I think we can get so caught up in life that we we do. We just push it aside or say, maybe later I'll have time to do that. But my goodness, such an important thing to pull away and really dedicate that time just to listening and pouring out your heart to the Lord. That's, wow. It's pulling so. away from the, those electronics and getting oh really my. quiet. Yeah. Um, what a what a challenge. It's, it's a detox. Even when... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I, year we were going uh, to celebrate our anniversary, our 30th anniversary, but it was on our 31st, and we went somewhere and we decided to put our phones in the safe. And you know, it was a struggle. <laughs> Didn't know how many times we were accustomed to drawing that phone from the table in our hand up in front of our face and just doing whatever we're going to do on this little device mm-hmm. and that distraction and not having that uh, routine. I would even call it this addiction because there was a little yeah. bit of a withdrawal. And so it was the most, it was the healthiest thing that we could have done uh, for one another as we were celebrating and renewing uh, mm-hmm. our vows and stuff in that sense. So mm-hmm. there's something to be said. Thank you. I'm so yeah. excited that I asked you that question. Oh, yeah. Who knew? Yeah. That is so good. And it really is like a relationship, just like you and Chris, your yeah. relationship yeah. with the relationship with the Lord, you yeah. and the Lord just eliminating anything else that can distract because there is so much that can distract us if we're not careful. And I think sometimes we don't even realize it, (laughs) but really purposefully removing ourselves from that and just focusing on the Lord. Wow, no, so good. That, that, yeah, That's going to be a goal of mine, I that, think. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally going to be a goal of mine. Yeah, yeah. So we like to ask uh, all of our guests that are on here, and to end with one question is, if you had one chance to offer hope to someone, what would you say? 
Mm. <laughs> the million it's a big dollar. Question. It is a big question. And so many answers. It is a million dollar question. <laughs> um, this is what I would say. I'd, I'd ask you a question. I'd ask you, what happens uh, if you fill a glass with more water than it was designed to hold? It would overflow. It Spill would, over. It would overflow. And so when God fills us with hope, uh-huh. I think it should overflow mm-hmm. and spill over. And so actually the hope that I would give someone else would be a word. I think um, a word from his word specifically because I think that, again, when he has so um, just blessed us and poured into our lives, that should be spilling over. Sometimes we act, sometimes we keep so much of God like he's a secret uh, and we don't share with anyone else. But if he has filled us with a living hope, it should be spilling over and just pouring out of our lives. And so as we encounter people on their journey, um, we should just spill over and pour into them a word. Mm. We don't have to wonder if it's the right word. I think if you just yield to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, um, he will give you the words to say to people that may be encouragement, Mm -hmm. may bring them strength, may just bring a smile and, and stir their joy. The Holy Spirit will know what word they need to hear. And when they need to hear it, we just have to be yielded to that I am going to allow your word to spill over from my life. Mm. So true. That is a good answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing better than the Lord. The no, word of the Lord. No. Yep. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Oh. We have so enjoyed having you here. Yes. And just listeners, to remind you, Dr. Debbie Rollins, there's more that she's going to share in just a couple days. By the time this airs, mm-hmm. uh, the event you're going to be speaking at, it's just a couple of days, so it's not too late. If you're getting this before May 1st, and uh, to remember uh, to go online, we'll uh, add a link in the show notes. So if you want a quick access link to go ahead and register, of course, if you forget to register or you don't know until the last minute, show up. It's okay. It's okay. That's right. (laughs) It is okay. We want you to join us in there. So, um, man. I just don't want to stop. This has been uh, such a so rich good. conversation. Thank you so much I know. for being I knew here, this Debbie. was going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, it's, again, it's just been a great honor. So mm. thank you, Debbie, mm-hmm. for sharing. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, you know, I can't help but to wonder, would you close us in prayer? Oh, Usually me and that. Carolyn <laughs> do that. But we would just love for you just uh, with our listeners in mind, uh, just close us in prayer. It's my pleasure. Father, it's my pleasure because it's always my pleasure uh, to come to you. We thank you, Father, that we can, anytime, any place, come to you and pour out our hearts. And and actually, your word um, says that you, you want us to come. You invite us to come and to come boldly before your throne. So thank you, Father, for this opportunity that you have given us. We pray that we have used it wisely. And we pray, Father, that you will do what you do and only you can do, and that is to take these seeds, um, this conversation, and, and, and sow it into the lives of women in a way that it meets a personal need. And so, Father, let it be uh, the unique message that each heart needs to hear. Meet them wherever they are. Thank you again also for the opportunity that we have coming up 
to uh, share with women and to sow some seeds into their lives. I pray, Father, even now that you will be um, just speaking to their hearts and preparing them to come and for a time for us to just fellowship and enjoy each other, but also again to gather around your word. And we pray that you will speak to us on that day as well. We love you, Lord, and we just thank you. I thank you especially for Jody and Carolyn and uh, this opportunity. And uh, Lord, always we just stand ready to be amazed at how you will do what you do, and that is to just um, bless so many. Uh, and uh, to, Father, again, just use this word to just draw others to you. We ask that you will do that, and we ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversations today. If you would like to contact Jody or Carolyn, you can email them at hfc at inglewoodbaptist.com. You may need to speak with a pastor, and you can reach out to them at next at inglewoodbaptist.com, and a pastor will be in touch with you soon.